So just if you see a lot of things moving on and lots of action taking place, just so that you are in the loop as to what's taking place and that just so that you're in the know. Lord, we pray today that as we spend these few minutes together, that something of the wonder of Christmas would become a reality for each one of us. And we just open our hearts and we say we are ready to receive from you any, anything that you would have say to us. And so we yield ourselves to you, we open up our hearts to you, and we ask that you would speak to us in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the wonder of Christmas, and as I was preparing for today's service, I became excited. I was just excited in my spirit about what I felt God was just birthing in my own spirit. And for me, Christmas has always been special. I remember years ago, when I was uh, much younger, my family and I would always go on holiday to the same place in East London, to a family farm, and we would go there. And we'd always have a wonderful time. And I remember the one year we had 18 days of holiday, and by day three I was so exhausted and I, I couldn't believe that a holiday could be so long. Nowadays, I wonder what happens to 18 days. But it used to be just wonderful times together. And uh, in our home, we were never into very expensive gifts. It was, I don't know, just perhaps the, the economics of our home or whatever it was. But uh, we weren't into expensive gifts. But part of the rest of our family, they were, they were into expensive gifts. And um, I remember the one year my dad, my mom said, you know, honey, what can I buy myself for Christmas? Knowing full well that he wasn't going to go and buy any Christmas presents. So he gave her 10 rand and she went and bought a nice pair of slippers and wrapped them herself and presented them to herself on Christmas Day. My uncle and my aunt, on the other hand, man, he went out and splashed out and bought a hostess. Now, who of you know what a hostess is? Well, there was an era for hostesses. It was a fancy device that you would wheel around, and it would keep food warm. It was like a mobile food warmer. And it was such an enormous gift, they battled to wrap it, you see. And I remember saying, I can't understand why... We have to settle for slippers. And they settle for a hostess. And um, the funny thing was, my father sat me down and he said to me, he said, you know, Christmas is it's all about relationships. And you know, when I, when I thought about that, I thought, that's easy to say when you don't want to buy the big presents. But he said to me, it's all about relationships, and we have each other, and we are together. And it didn't satisfy me. It didn't satisfy me. Until the relationship was gone, and my father had passed away. And then I reflected on his words, that it's all about relationship, and I suddenly realized the hostess is seldom used. And years later, my mother-in-law so, 
so anxious to get rid of hers, just gave hers to us one day, and so we got the hostess anyway. (laughs) But it's all about relationship. Don't forget that as you go into your Christmas season. The wonder of Christmas. That's what we're speaking about today. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 9 and verse 6. It's such a famous verse. It will be on the screen, but you're welcome to follow if you would like to. And I would like to focus on just this one phrase. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Most of you could recite that scripture. It's probably next to John 3.16, one of the better known scriptures in the Bible. It was written hundreds of years before the birth of Jesus. It foretold his coming. And today we know it is fulfilled. And that the child was born and a child, a son was given. But let's just read the whole scripture. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. And his name will be called Wonderful Counselor. Now, some versions say wonderful counselor is one word. They don't have the comma in. You can check in your particular version. But this one I like. It says, and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And I've discovered in those few adjectives is everything I need. Everything I need is wrapped up. It can only be God-breathed. Because humans battle to take a few words and say a lot. But here we see the word of God, a few words say a lot. For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name will be called Wonderful, Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. We're speaking today on the wonder of Christmas. And my first point is, is this fact true? The fact that a child, for unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. My question to you today, is the fact true? And I believe it's something we each have to answer. The whole basis for what you and I believe comes down to the simple question, do you believe that this scripture is true? The question as to whether Christmas is real or not is based on whether we believe that a child was born and that this prophecy was in fact fulfilled. Is this fact true? Some time back I was watching a, one of these documentary. I love watching the documentary channels on TV. And um, they were having this documentary about the life of Christ. And the narrator said the following words. He said, the greatest attested fact of ancient history was Jesus Christ. Now, I don't know where he got it from. I don't know how they came to it. But that has stuck in my mind absolutely stuck in my mind, and I've never forgotten this statement. So the Bible says, Isaiah 9 verse 6, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. Is this fact truth? Is it true? 
Is it true or is it just a fable, a legend, and a tradition? See, the wonder of Christmas is that we can believe with all our hearts that it is true. That's the wonder of Christmas. You weren't there to confirm the facts, but you can know it. And you can know it in your heart. And Christmas will never be Christmas until you accept this as a reality and a truth. That God became flesh, the flesh of a human child, and came to live among us. And just think about it. The same planet that you and I live, walk, and work on is the same planet that the Son of God came to be born on and walked and lived and worked. That makes our planet special. To me, it makes it incredibly special. And Christmas will never be Christmas until you accept this as a reality and a truth. We're looking at Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. And I ask the question, is this fact truth? And do you believe it? Well, that's the wonder of Christmas. Point number two. Is this fact true for you? Is it true for you? You see, you might think, oh, well, you believe the historical facts. It's obvious from history that something dramatic must have happened about that time, that a child was born, there were significant events. So maybe the historical thing you can believe in. There's enough evidence of that. But is that fact true for you? Is the fact really something that you can embrace in your own life. And I want to say, let's personalize this verse. Take out the word us and replace it with your name. Now, I've put my name in just for demonstration purposes. But let's say it together. And I want to, we want to read that scripture. And where it says my name, you put your name in there. Okay, all together. For unto... Me. For unto Andrew, a child is born. Unto... A son is given. Is that true for you? Good. Because you see, if you have received the child that was born, and if you have received the son that was given, you are what the Bible calls born again. And that's something that has to take place within us. And we need to be able to put our name in there, and it must be true for us. And if today it's just merely a historical fact for you, and it's not really something you can personalize, then may I challenge you to consider it. May I challenge you to put your name in there and to trust God to make it a reality to you. And this is the true wonder of the Christmas story. A child and a son was given to you and me, not just to humanity and history, but to you and me. Not only must we accept the historical fact, but we must go a step further. We must receive the personal gift. Important step we have to take. We must, we must receive it. Not the person next to you, not your mom and dad, not your kids, you. You need to accept it for yourself. You see, a child was born for you. A son was given for you. 
And have you received Him as your personal gift? Strip away for a moment all the history, all the commercialization, the carols, the presents, the holidays. Let's get back to basics just for a moment. Have you received this child and this son that God gave to you? It's a question we have to ask ourselves. And we need to know the answer. It cannot be vague. It must be sure. But as I was reading the scripture, let me read it again, Isaiah 9, verse 6, it says, For unto us a child is born, unto us a son is given. I noted a very interesting thing. That a child was born to us, but that you and I are expected to be like children. And we have to accept the child and being a child. I thought this is a strange connection that I've never seen before. And I believe it, it has a truth for each one of us. So we realize that we must accept the historical event as truth. But we have to receive the child as a personal gift to us. And as a result, we have to be changed. Something has to change within us. Now, my, when my children were, as my children have been growing up, I came under tremendous pressure to push them forward. I remember a relative of mine coming to me. My little girl had just turned three. And she said to me, Andrew, have you started teaching your child to read yet? I thought, to read? But there was this pressure. She said, you know, there's a fancy package you can use and you can get your child a head start and teach your child to read. Now, at that stage, we were just barely coping, let alone teaching our child to read. It was survival of the fittest, let alone, you know, taking new ground. And I went home and I said to my wife, maybe we should be teaching the child to read. So she looked at me and she said, when? When, when will when I have time to teach the child to read? I said, I don't know. But maybe others are doing it. I remember on another occasion, I went to a friend's party and there was a, another couple there who also had kids about our kids' age. And the dad was sitting there and he had the proud smirk on his face and he said, my child has got a vocabulary of a thousand words. And I sat there going, have you counted? <laughs> oh, yes, I've counted a thousand words in her vocabulary. How many words are in your child's vocabulary? And I went, oof, I don't know, not many. <laughs> but there was this pressure, this pressure to try and push the child ahead. And I, I understand the, the motivation for it. I understand that if you can give your child an edge, that's a wonderful thing. I understand that. But you know, the funny thing about all this is we rush our children to develop into mature, well-rounded adults, and then we speak of lost childhoods and missed youth. And even in our own lives, when we come to Christ and we may be as a, almost in a childlike way, we receive Him. We want to rush on to becoming mature, strong Christians. We want to rush on. 
And it's like this pressure in society, in our spiritual lives. And God is just looking for this child-likeness. And here, the Scripture says, For unto us a child is born. The birth of a child is something that is inevitable if you're pregnant. And it's like the child is born and you and I should be like children. And we've become, we've become so sophisticated. And as a child, we believe what the adults tell us. But when we grow up, we expect our children to question everything. And we put it down to healthy debate and we move from belief to rational explanation. And yet Jesus tells us that we must be like children. So what does he do? He gives us a child and then tells us to be like a child. I don't know, maybe your faith has got a bit sophisticated, but we must become like a child. We must, as we accept the child, I believe we need to return to child-likeness. And it's so foreign to human nature, and I'm not talking about being childish. There's a difference between being childish and childlike. If, if we look at childish, it's like immature or simple or perhaps something an immature child would do. But I believe we need to be childlike. We need to be childlike. Having the qualities of a child, being innocent, trusting, humble, loving, forgiving, teachable, obedient, and willing to do our Father's will. So God gives us a child, and then He says, be like a child. Isn't that amazing? I want to keep it as simple as possible. In Matthew chapter 19 and verse 14, Jesus said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. In 1 Corinthians 13 verse 11, it, uh, it speaks about, When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I understood as a child. I thought as a child. But, but, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. We need to put away childish things. And we need to embrace child-likeness. In Luke chapter 10 and verse 21, it says, Then Jesus was filled with the joy of the Holy Spirit and said, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, thank you for hiding the truth from those who think themselves so wise and clever and for revealing it to the childlike. God is looking for the childlike. And as we accept the child, let us return to childlikeness. Childlike faith, childlike belief, childlike confidence in the child that was given to us. So God gives us a child. He says, unto you, a child is born. He says, now you be like a child. But it goes on, and it says, for unto us a son is given. You see, the child was born. There was no options. The son is given. And something that is given has to be received. And you and I need to receive that today. There is a connection between accepting the son and being a son or a daughter of God. And we can accept the historical fact is true. We can accept the child as a personal gift to us. We can be changed as a result, but I believe it needs to go one step further. And that is that we must realize 
that there's this aspect of sonship that God has for us. And the question today is, are you a son yourself? Are you a son and a daughter of God? You see, you may be a child of God, you've given your life to the Lord, but have you really taken ownership and become a son or a daughter in the house of God, in, in His family? You know, a child does one thing in the house, and that is demand, 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 demand. To me, it's one of the pictures of the height of selfishness. But a son, that's something different. A son will take his responsibility. He will fulfill his function and bring honor to his parents. And a son was given to us, but you and I are called to be sons and daughters of God. I believe that is such a such a reality. John 1 and verse 12 says, But as many as received him, we speak about Christmas and receiving gifts, but as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. If I read that, it doesn't sound totally automatic. It says, But as many as received him, we have to do the receiving, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. And you see, here we have a son being given, and we have to receive that son, but at the same time, you and I need to stand up as sons and daughters of God. We need to say, thank you, God, for giving us Jesus. Thank you that I can be a son and a daughter. And I stand up today and I say, I'm your son. I'm your daughter today. And as you receive the Son, you can become a son and a daughter of God. We need to make this connection. Accept the Son and be a son. <laughs> you can't just say, yes, I accept. Nothing changes. We must become sons and daughters of God. To me, it's just part of that maturing process where we step into this realm Years ago, we had a friend who came out and he wrote a book on sonship. And it was quite a revelation for me because I'd never really understood what, what God had intended. But that God had intended for me to be a son in the house made all the difference. And that's what God wants, that we would be a son and a daughter in his house. Are you a son and a daughter of God? Do you trust your heavenly father? Do you trust him to be a father, a provider, and a friend to you? Well, accept the son and be a son. That's my challenge to you today. Don't settle for anything less. Point number five, as we begin to wrap things up. If God has given us a child and a son, and if God has allowed us to be his child and his son, Surely we can give ourselves completely to Him. Surely. If He's given us everything, and He said, what more do you want? You can be my child and my son and my daughter. He's given us everything. Why would we hold back? Why would we keep certain areas of our lives beyond His reach? Why would we think that we can give him maybe Sundays or a little bit of time here and there, not give him, give him our all? 
Well, I believe we're called to give Him our all. And I believe it's a thing that we need to understand. And my question to you is, have you given yourself to Jesus Christ? My second question is, have you given everything to Jesus Christ? Are there still some areas that you're holding on to? Are there still some areas? There's an old hymn that we used to sing, and well, maybe if you can come up, you can start playing it. It's the song, Just As I Am. And the words go like this. It says, Just as I am, without one plea, but that your blood was shed for me, and that you bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come, I come. And it's almost like it's a fresh invitation to you today. I've given you my child. I've given you my son. You can be my child. You can be my son and my daughter. Now, give it all to me. Give it everything. Surrender everything to me. Don't hold anything back. In John 3, 16, it says, For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. And many people never read the next verse. It says, For God did not send His Son into the world to condemn the world. You are not condemned. God didn't send Jesus to condemn the world. But that the world, through Him, might be saved. That you and I might be saved. It's a great reality. It's the wonder of Christmas. Surely we can give everything in return. Surely we're not going to hold back Surely we can just say, God, I give you everything. So now all that remains is to spend the rest of your life bringing glory to God in everything you do and everything you say. I think it's worth it. I think it's a wonderful opportunity. In 1 Corinthians 6, verses 19 and 20, it says, Do you not know that your body is the temple, the very sanctuary of the Holy Spirit who lives within you? whom you have received as a gift from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So then honor God and bring glory to Him in your body. It must change the way we live. We must give Him everything. Not holding back. That's why the songwriter, songwriter wrote, I surrender all. Not I surrender. He went on, he said, I surrender all. All. Let the child that was given to you be everything to you. 1 Corinthians 7 verse 23 says, You were bought with a price. Then do not yield yourselves up to become, in your own estimation, slaves to men, but consider yourselves slaves to Christ. The wonder of Christmas. Is it a fact? Yes. Is it a fact to you? Can you personalize it? Then I believe you are born again. If it's not a fact to you, it needs to become a fact. You need to accept the child and become a child. You need to accept the son and become a son and daughter. And lastly, you've got, to, you've got to give ourselves completely to Him. That's the wonder of Christmas. 
in a simple little message from one verse, Isaiah 9 verse 6, which says, For unto us a child is born, and unto us a son is given. The song is plain, just as I am, without one plea. But that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee, O Lamb of God, I come. And if you've never given your life to Christ, maybe it's just been a historical fact for you, never something you've personalized. Maybe you've known about a child, but you are not a child of God. Maybe you've known about the son, but you aren't a son or a daughter of God. Then I want to pray a prayer. And if you want to take this moment, no time like the present, and you want to give him everything, then pray the prayer Pray the prayer after me, not out aloud, just in the quietness of your own heart. Prayer coming up now. Lord Jesus Christ, I recognize today that you are the child that was born, that you are the son that was given. I realize it's greater than historical fact. I want it to be a fact for me. So I receive your son Jesus Christ. I receive the child, the Christ child. I ask you to forgive me from all, for all the sin and the wrongdoing in my life. I repent today. I turn around. I say, God, I want to walk in a different direction. And Lord Jesus Christ, I open the door of my heart to you today and I say, come on in. I want to give you everything. I don't want to hold back. I can feel you calling me like the shepherds were called to the stable. The wise men were called to the, follow that star. I'm responding today and I receive you as my personal Lord and Savior. And I pray this in Jesus' name. While our heads are still bowed.